Hello everyone, welcome to Georgetown Literary Festival 2021. I'm so delighted to be back with you for another year. Before we begin, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Melissa Idris. I am a senior editor with Ezra Wani News Network, uh, where I host a couple of um, nightly news shows called Consider This, as also another talk show called uh, The Future's Female. And I am even more delighted to introduce to you our guest. I'm going to be speaking to Marina Mahadeer about her uh, late, her most recent venture and adventure, if I may, uh, writing a new book titled The Apple and the Tree, Life as Dr. Mahadeer's Daughter. Um, and for the smattering of people who, you know, were living under a rock and may not be familiar with Marina's career. She's not just an author and a columnist, but also, you know, is an HIV AIDS activist, having served for 12 years as the president of the Malaysian AIDS Council. She's a women's rights advocate. She's long championed for, uh, championed for the work of Sisters in Islam. And she also started Zavigo, uh, which is an effort towards uh, freedom of mobility for women travellers. Now, in 2019, Marina completed, with distinction, a master's degree in biography and creative nonfiction from the University of East Anglia in the UK. It is a pleasure to say that she's here with me today. Marina, congratulations on the book. Oh, what an accomplishment. Thank you so, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been a trip. It's, it's, really it's, been, a trip. it's been a trip. Well, you know, you, you wrote in the book that you had always wanted to study creative writing, that, you know, you were yearning to write a book from start to finish. Now that you've done both, um, um, yes. the Masters, and you've got the published book, and I'm just wondering if we could start at the beginning of this book, the conception of this book. When did you begin writing this book because I, I, as I was reading it, I was wondering, did she write this throughout this pandemic, throughout the lockdown? Where did she find the creative wherewithal to, uh, to write while, you know, everyone was hunkered down for uh, under the MCO? Well, actually, I guess there was no better time because there was nothing else to do. Uh, but actually, um, I wrote the chapters in the book as individual essays, in fact. In fact, one of the chapters was the essay that I wrote when I applied to go to UEA to do my master's. And, and then when I was there as part of the course, because we had to write something uh, every few weeks, I would write, you know, something or other about, you know, about family, about, you know, my, my background and all that. And um, so I had all these bits and pieces. And then when I came home in 2019 and then the lockdown happened, I was a bit worried about losing, you know, just losing touch, I guess, with, with writing because, uh, you know, nothing was, nothing was happening. Mm. I didn't have a publishing contract or anything. I didn't know what was supposed to happen next. And so I, I, kept on writing. Uh, my former classmates at UEA, we started a writing group and we'd just, you know, write pieces and, and, and give right. it feedback. You talked about I, how you, you workshopped some of the, the yes, uh, you know, your yes. essays in the that, book. Yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the course. 
and I actually did another online memoir writing course uh, last year sometime. And then by chance, um, the publisher contacted me through a friend and said, you know, would you like to write a book for us? Uh, we'd, we'd love you to write a book about your life as your father's daughter. And I thought, gee, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, that's exactly kind of what I've been writing. And, and here there's a publisher. It's not just any publisher too. And so I said, yes. So that happened about a year ago, and and it's a bit fast, I must say, because I I had a few months that's all to write it. It it doesn't read like you wrote this in a hurry. It is thoughtful and considered, and I I have to wonder. I mean, you said that one of the the essays, one of the chapters, was the uh, admittance essay for East Anglia. May I ask you which chapter it was? Oh, uh, it's. One of the very early ones, it, it's about living in Alostar and, you know, our house in in Jalan Maxwell, uh, which is now Jalan Muntri. And, you know, just sort of that atmospheric uh, description of my, our childhood home and what my childhood was like. And those, are my, <laughs> those are my favorite bits, Marina. I have to say yeah. that um, the, the, your recollection of your childhood, your friends, your neighbors, the neighborhood, the house that you lived in, um, all these kind of quintessential rural Malaysian um, you know, uh, memories, were, I could really relate to that. It gave me flashes of my own childhood. And I have to say it made wonderful reading. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, you 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 remember such detail from your childhood, and the process of writing a memoir often comes with the faults of memory. Uh, and I yes. was wondering how you got such, uh, you know, you documented or you collected such detailed recollection, um, and how you were able to, I guess, in a way, trust your memory. Well. You know, it's it's very interesting. I, I guess I don't know. When when you get older, your long term memory is is much stronger than you know. I can't remember what I did last week, but I can tell you what I did when I was you know ten. Um, it, it's just I guess it was such um a, a great childhood, you know, in that house with a big garden that we used to play in, and that whole neighborhood. It was idyllic in in many many ways. So. I guess it sticks in your mind. And so I just wrote it as I remembered it. Whether my brothers remember it in the same way, I don't know. They mm. haven't read it, so I don't know. They might dispute some things. Oh, they uh, haven't read it. Oh, they haven't read it. Oh, no, this no, is no. quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've read it before any of my family, actually. Tell you the okay, truth. <laughs> what, what about Dr. Mahade? What about your, your father? Has he read the finished manuscript? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just sort of worried about about letting them read it. I, you know, I I just wanted to write this whole thing and get it out there, and then when I announced it, I said I have a book coming out. It's a memoir, and I I announced it on our family chat. There was utter silence, <laughs> and, and I don't know whether it was shock or worrier. And then I said, don't worry. 
I'm the star of this book. You all are just bit players, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I have to say there were some, um, I, as I was reading, um, I wondered whether Mokzani might be a bit aggrieved that you did, you know, you did mention that he fell he slipped yes. on his own pee and fell and broke his arm or broke his leg or something like that. Well, that was quite a, was a charming anecdote. That, that was true. What to do, you know? <laughs> okay, well, on that note, Marina, about truth-telling, uh, particularly in, in memoirs, I mean, the, the you know, with memoirs, so much is meant to be confessional, so much is about your lived experience, your own, as you said, you're the star, right? You're, it's your <laughs> memories. I was wondering whether you went, whether there was any inner struggle about um, wanting to kind of put it all out there versus, you know, maintaining silence about some things. Yeah, it, it, it was a bit of struggle because, you know, that you have to choose what you want to talk about. So I just decided to write about you know, things that, I don't know, the larger things, I guess, that happened, you know. Um, and and I was very clear, the publisher was, was uh, very good because I asked her, so who is the main character in this book? And, and she said, you. And that helped a lot because then I don't really have to deal with anyone else's thoughts mm -hmm. uh, about it. I, I, you know, I did have to go and interview the rest of my family and say, what did you think about this incident? It was all from my perspective. And so I, I just made these choices about what I wanted to write. And I, let me tell you, I, even when I finished it, and, and still today, I keep thinking, oh, I should have put that in. I should have put that in. But, you know, that you just have to make a choice. Otherwise, you're writing, you know, the size of war and peace, which mm. I don't think anyone has the time to read. And it's, it's difficult. You know, memory is difficult and you kind of have to interrogate yourself many times to see whether you really remember things that way or not and mm. and once I was clear about about those memories then then I put it in yeah I, I like that you said that because I think with with memoir writing it really is about you know not just truth telling but also kind of confronting our own vanities and the stories and perhaps the lies we tell ourselves and digging deep into finding out how how it shaped us as a person. You talked a lot about finding your your own opinion, your authentic self. If I may quote the book, Marina, um, that kitchen incident um, that you wrote yes. about when you were younger, you said, you said there, to quote you, were they my own opinions or what? was I just parroting what I had heard my father say every time I offered opinion in class or in conversations with classmates on almost anything that involved politics or world affairs, a little voice inside me said, is that really your opinion, Marina? Or did you just regurgitate what you heard dad say? End quote. And I, I mean, I think that's a, a journey of self-discovery, which you kind of laid out in your book for us. Was that very difficult to kind of find your authentic voice as an author as a writer yes definitely because i remember clearly you know that that incident stuck in my mind so much it's funny i asked my my best friend who i mentioned in there jill 
about that incident and she remembers nothing, nothing of it, even though I came into her room crying. Uh, but I, I, it was so distinct for me because it was a kind of a pivotal moment for me, you know, when I started to think, what do I think about anything? You know, who am I, you know? Um, I think I call myself a, what do you call it? A radio, um, uh, you know, where I just sort of pick up. A radio scanner. Yeah. A yeah. radio scanner. A radio scanner, yeah. And, yeah, and, and just spurted out whatever it picked up uh, without really thinking whether that was what I thought. And And then I guess after that, I began to take more responsibility for what I said or what I thought. And, you know, I, I, I had to do a bit more work in figuring that out uh, because it was too easy to just sort of, you know, pick bits and pieces and, and say things, you know, and sound as if I know anything. But in fact, I didn't. So, yeah, yeah. That, that really was, I guess, the beginning. It still took a long time for me to really find my own voice. But I think that that moment really started me on that road. Well, it was, you also touch a lot on, if I may, you know, um, imposter syndrome. I, yes, I have to yeah. say, Marina, I really resonated whenever you wrote about it. And it was kind of this reoccurring theme throughout this thread throughout your book about, um, as you write, you know, your, uh, this, the feeling of not being quite up to mark, of not being... Um, qualified to be where you are, despite your all your experiences and um, your achievements, and you said that perhaps this is the legacy of living under so large a shadow as dads. Um, yes. How how did that feel coming to terms with that? Is that? Was that a feeling that you had always had throughout life, or you know, putting that down in writing, putting that down? pen to paper, was that a difficult truth that you had to acknowledge? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, and, and I was very conscious that, you know, dad might read this and he's he might be shocked, you know, because I'm not sure that he himself was conscious of, of, of my, me feeling like that, you know. Mm. Um, and later on, I guess it 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 made me I'm not sure always consciously decide to go my own route so that I didn't have, I could come out of that shadow. I, I wasn't trying to be, you know, a clone or, you know, um, so yeah, it, it was tough. And I still feel that way, not just in relation to dad, um, but to a lot of people who I admire, who I think are so clever and so knowledgeable and, and things like that. I I always always feel like I don't know anything. I don't know enough. Um, and and I I think in some ways, you know, after all these years, I'm I'm kind of downplaying myself uh, as well, uh, not not consciously, not not to be falsely humble or anything, but because. You know, I remember once someone asking me when I was doing AIDS work, like, what is the connection between HIV AIDS and the environment? And I said, well, I don't know much about the environment. And then I started going on about dams and how it, you know, dis dislodged people and how that made the women vulnerable and that's how they got HIV. And I, 
I thought, what am I doing? I'm answering this question, which I thought I didn't know how to answer. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I was like, God, I got to be nicer to myself. I, I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Well, that's, that is true. But I, I found, you know, what I really respect about that was you did a lot of, I guess, self-reflection and, uh, you know, bravery in your vulnerability by laying it all out in the book. You talked about the fear of being seen as mediocre. Um, and yeah. you know that 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 one, I guess, exchange you had with your father, which at the time there about um, being mediocre, and right. that was it. It struck me so much because again, the bravery that it took to kind of show up in that vulnerability was that was that uncomfortable for you to write, um, particularly as you said, you're not quite sure how, after your father will read this how he might respond to you know, realizing your struggles with some of his actions. Yeah, I, I, I think he will be very surprised by it. But again, it's, it was one of those moments, you know, when I remember so clearly to this day. And, and I guess it was really important to the way I viewed myself, you know, just that word that I, that being mediocre wasn't, wasn't, good enough and 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 so I had to do better and you know it, it was a label that I didn't want hung on myself and so it, it's it's been a constant struggle um to to overcome that and to just if not to be you know super duper excellent but at least a notch above mediocre you know <laughs> at something at something anything <laughs> even knitting i don't know <laughs> well it could it could be writing now right it could be you know memoir writing <laughs> can i can I, hope, I, ask? I hope so i mean i really hope that you know people will look at the book and, and think about the writing as as well as the content you know mm. that somehow i've i think my my style has changed somewhat uh, from before i went for the course so in what way i'm hoping that shows well you know i you know i wrote that column in the star for i don't know i can't count many at years years. it's a bit shocking to say because you know there are people who are younger than that <laughs> um but um you know, I was so used to writing, you know, a thousand words, so everything had to be precise and da, 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 you know, to the point straight away. And I, when I went on the course, I learned to take my time and kind of elongate, you know, to, to describe things better, to, to give a better sense of uh, the atmosphere, the feeling, the environment and, and things like that. So I do think because my husband tells me that my column since I came back has changed somewhat it's it's moved towards that uh, although I still had to keep it short and but I I really enjoyed learning how to to write like that you know creative nonfiction, to tell a story in uh, in a different way rather than to the you know the sort of fact-based Da 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 da, and then this happened, and then that happened, and then that happened. You know, uh, just to sort of weave more around it to give a better picture of, you know, what 
I as a little girl thought or I as a teenager thought, you know, and, and what people around me thought, that sort of thing. I could yeah. I could definitely picture you growing up in Kedah. I could picture the house uh the Pondo Maharizan. Is that is that correct? Yes. I, yes. I could I could picture yes. it, you know, the almost Jetson like house in the seventies. Yes, it's <laughs> yes, yeah. It just in the seventies it seemed very advanced, but it wasn't really. <laughs> uh, what what did you um want hope to achieve with this book? I mean, again, you know, it was about as you said, it took some time. It was about kind of going back and digging deep. But having now published this book and put it out there, what was it? What do you hope to get out of this or to for it to to achieve in some way? Well, personally, I, I it was really to get it out of my system, I think. Uh, I, I really wanted to see if I could write a, a long-form book. But I, I definitely did not intend it to be a hagiography of anything, least of all of my dad. Um, I, I'm not here to explain. I mean, there already, if you look at my Facebook, there are already people making judgments about the book before they've even read it you mm. know like they think oh you know must be must be praising him sky high and all that and i i just wanted to show um you know that everybody is human and there are all sorts of you you know human um things around uh families and and things like that it's not to i don't think i need to do any justification for my dad at all right uh, that's he doesn't need that from me you know but it's just my perception of things and how things happen um and you know and how i felt or how my family felt my mom mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing so to bring it down to a very very personal uh level and I, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to react because I think that they're not, in Malaysia at least, they're not really very used to memoirs like this. Mm, maybe. Um, which yeah. is very, very personal and, and almost confessional, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I can only tell you how I received it. And one of the things that I took away from, from having read your book, Marina, was, again, that really apt title of the apple and the tree. And you know, not being a carbon copy of your father, but being close enough to see some of the similarities, but also knowing that we are not our parents, that we can yeah. love them and be loyal to them and disagree with some of the things they do and say, but they are their own person as we are our own. And that was what I took away from, from your book. How much of your own person you are, yet, you know, knowing that, much of yourself comes from your father and I I really quite liked how you did not feel the obligation to protect to need to protect him in this book it was very kind of raw the way you described having to make an appointment to call him <laughs> to have him call yeah, you yeah, back exactly. yes, and, yeah. yes. <laughs> I thought that was quite um revealing you know that there, there was no no preferences or special treatment uh, even as his daughter when he was in the office when he was working so right. um that was what i took away and i thought that 
that analogy of um, apple and tree was really quite wonderful. You also used the train analogy. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that, the trains on the track. Well, you know, I I thought about that many times because I've already thought of apple and the tree and then suddenly I'm talking about trains. But (laughs) I, I, I sometimes felt that, you know, my dad and I, we were trains, you know, chugging along our own tracks and occasionally meeting at the same stations but basically uh, you know going off in in our own directions that that was what i was trying to convey and of course his is is like a i don't know a a shinkansen or something and and mine is just (laughs) mine is just a steam engine chugging along you said yours is a little kid KTM one and it was like the orient express (laughs) yes yes you know so um, so that's, you know, uh, I just wanted to convey that, that difference, but that, you know, trains do often meet at the same station occasionally. And, and, um, and that's the way we, we are, you know, sometimes we meet and sometimes we don't. And in, the, in terms of what, what we think about, etc. And it's not a particularly unusual thing, really. Mm-hmm. Did you did you learn anything new about your dad as you were writing the book, or not not just your dad, but the dynamic of your relationship? Did you learn as you were kind of you know uh, writing this book? Did you have any epiphanies or breakthroughs, as they call it, therapy about the way this dynamic has worked over the years? Um. I, I don't know whether I, I can say I, I learned anything new because I, I was just putting down um, the way I saw the whole relationship. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I think the rest of my family is going to be more, more surprised by it than, than anything. Um you know, that's the way it is. But but like I said, like towards the end, you know, we, I mean, of course, we had the, you know, some difficulties, differences of opinion along the way. But I guess as as I got older and he got older, we're somehow merging in some ways in the la- later years. I mean, still not hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's still areas which uh, where we differ. But I think in the last few years. You know, we've we've sort of had the same goals and and uh, thing for the country. So we've we've kind of been on the same page more uh, mm-hmm. in the recent years, which is nice. Which is really nice. It's it's much less exhausting. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to peace with the difference. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely better that way. Um, and you know, we've got a couple of minutes left. I I just wanted to run um a couple more questions by you, particularly what I thought was quite interesting. The um you know the way some some of the people were portrayed are those who don't come across so well in the book uh, through your eyes. Yes. You know, Peja, I'm yes. thinking of uh, Faisal Azumu, uh, at Harun, another are. I mean, these are kind of your opinions that you've put in the book, but are you concerned uh, or did you consider perhaps, you know, that these are, that you are in control of this narrative, that they may not come across so well in the book? Was that a concern? Um, 
not really. <laughs> because, I mean, all the things I said were as they happen. You know, I mean, these are actual incidences. And if they they reflect how the other person is, you know, I think it's it's up to the reader to judge it. But <clears throat> I'm saying that this is how things happen. And I'm not making it up because I, I very often have the backup for it. Um, <clears throat> and I don't even think that they can argue with it. Right. Um, so it's not, I don't think I'm saying things which are untrue or, you know, making judgments. I'm just saying this person wasn't there and then he came late and he was very, very, you know, hyper. <laughs> and <laughs> later on, I found out why. And okay. and so you can draw whatever conclusion you want uh, from that. Or, you know, this person said this and, and then... And and then I asked a question and he wouldn't answer and that that's it you know, um and and all this is true so I, I think well I'm sure they still won't like it I I'm quite sure they won't and they might cons I might say it's fiction rather than nonfiction but well they can write their own book then they can <laughs> you know I, I I think I think we all you know, can say what we want and and then if they disagree, then they can write their own, uh, you know, description of whatever They sh They think. should get their own book published. Then oh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Go ahead. And, and we can read all the different versions and make up our own minds of which one is correct. And, and speaking of that, you know, the last few chapters were about the the 22 months that Pakatan Harapan was in power and that, you know, change of government. And you talked, uh, you know, I think it ended on this kind of um, look ahead, but I wasn't quite sure how you felt about that. Are you are you hopeful about the future? I mean, we've, we've talked, you know, the, the memoir was about documenting the past through your eyes, documenting that period through your um, your perspective. But when you look for look ahead to what you think about the country and what you where we see where you see us going, um, are you of a hopeful um, spirit, or you know, is that one of more pessimism and dejection? Well, I I stopped the book uh, pretty much in February twenty twenty, right? Um, and I didn't go further than that. So, but um, it's very hard to say at the moment. You know, I, I, I'm generally a hopeful, optimistic person I, because I think that's the only way to live. Uh, otherwise, you might as well crawl under the sheets and, and stay there. Um, and I do see pockets of hope, especially with young people and, and the way they think. But there's a lot that that is despairing, uh, you know, for for our democracy, um, because of the way things have turned out. I mean, we, you 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 can't doubt this fact. We have a government that we did not vote for. It's as simple as that, and that's very basic, right? Uh, we should have a government that we vote for, 
And so it brings up a lot of questions of what the future holds for Malaysia, whether this is something that is going to continually happen or are we going to go back to a time, to a system where it's very clear that, that the people get what they want, you know? Um, so at the moment, it's, it's, I guess, kind of frustrating. And I'm sure I'm not, I'm not the only person who feels that way. Uh, plus, on top of that, of course, we've had the pandemic. I mean, mm. it's, it's really been an incredible period. Where Compounded. All, I know, all these things have come together at the same time. And it does make you wonder whether, you know, I mean, the pandemic, we, I guess we could not have avoided it. It would have come somehow, but whether if we had, you know, stayed the course and had the government we voted for, whether things would have been different or, or what, it's very hard to really know. Mm. And I, I wouldn't want to say that, oh, they'd be brilliant and, and, you know, we would have gotten out of it in three months. Who knows? But at the moment, it, it, just seems like so many things piled on top of each other. But I like to think that we will, you know, we will get out of this somehow. We will get out of the pandemic. We will get out of this economic funk. And we will get out of this democratic funk at some moment that people will eventually come to their senses but you know Malaysians they, they'll kind of they'll they'll talk you know like yak 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 <laughs> all the time but ultimately they'll also keep things very close to their heart and they'll make it known at the right time uh, as we've seen it so so yeah, yeah I, I, I cling to that hope I cling to that hope I cling to our young people I've just met uh, some bright young sparks that I, I feel you know, can take us somewhere. So, yeah, I, I, I do feel hopeful. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm glad because then on that note, I can say that we've come to the end of our, our chat and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I, I really um, want to congratulate you on putting this book out and writing this, putting those, those thoughts and the vulnerability on paper. Congratulations on having it published. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, thanks to everyone who's, who's listening today. And thank you to the uh, GTLF team for having us as part of your Georgetown Literary Festival once again this year. If you're interested uh, to listen to the other sessions, you can um, go to the GTLF 2021 Spotify page and there's all the other sessions there as well. So thank you so much, um, Marina, for this chat and everyone for listening. Till next time, folks. Bye. <laughs>